homestead, real estate, homestead, real estate, business, anything. So I hit record. I'm back to record again. I got actually an episode of Michael Jordan I haven't even put out yet. I just realized that. I I've I've been so I've been so uh, backed up with the podcast. So this is this. I'll just say this is our second attempt at doing this because it's like. (laughs) So when was the last one you published? uh, Mike McCallowitz. It was in August. Oh wow! Yeah. So I need. It has been a while. Yeah. Well, I published some on Patreon, but the biggest thing is it's like, you know, man, you got to focus on what's paying the bills. And I love doing the podcast. It's never going to stop. But it's just. One of those things that it's like, you know, balancing stuff. So, like, now, as an entrepreneur, I'm not focused on survival mode. Mm -hmm. And it's more focusing on working smarter versus working harder. And then at first I thought maybe I could start dialing back and and replacing myself. But it's like, no, I think I actually need to probably spend more time in the business. Because Rich fucked his hand up and I couldn't help him plant so I've been learning all this real estate stuff, and it's not, uh, which is funny, because I post about it, and people are like, oh, you're going to be a realtor? Yeah. So, yeah. so Shane, you, is the only way to make money in real estate as a realtor? No. 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 no there's That's a lot of ways. a very small portion. Very tiny. Yeah. They're, they're, they're just the ones that are getting commissions for being involved in the transactions. Yeah, and they find investors' yeah. deals and stuff like that. Yeah, so, yeah, they do that. You know, it's it's kind of like once you start to dabble in real estate investment, it's kind of uh, you start you start to see all these different programs that people have and sell, and 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 it's funny because it's like farming. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but they're kind of like diets. Yeah, you know what? The dirty little secret is is they all freaking work for you the right person in the, in the right yeah. circumstance. You just ha- you have to do it. You can't just yeah, you can't. You can, you can overanalyze things to it's, death and never get going on it. You just that's something you have to get going on. Yeah, so I've been a Corey member now, and um, so because I thought about what what I thought is like how the podcast would shift gears into real estate. It's like no, I don't want to just talk about real estate either. So I've been kind of I've been waiting to figure out what because I still want to do episodes with Michael Jordan. Oh, I think yeah. I'd still like to do episodes with other microgreen farmers or other farmers that are just people that are interesting. And it's just like, no, I just don't want to put myself in a box. Like, what box? Like, it's the sample hour. Just keep it an hour. Keep it, keep it in the sample box. Look at the, yeah, Joe, yeah. Look at the Joe Rogan box. He yeah, only yeah. talks about shit that he's interested exactly. in. And you know what? Half of it, I'm not interested in at all. Oh, I don't listen to those I've, episodes. I haven't listened to Joe. But he, if he has something I'm interested in, I listen. And he's, yeah. he's awesome. Because he... Chuck sticks Talonic, with what he watched the uh, I watched that one, the one with the guy that wrote Fight Club. Oh yeah, that was good. Um, but no, I, I think that's a good idea, man. I think it's um, you know I got caught up in the homestead thing, and then I talked to everybody, and I was like, I was just talking to people to get angles, and it was just like I was basically trying to figure out learning. Yeah, yeah, I was trying was to learn, a- see what strategies exactly. And now it's like in real estate, like going to Corey. So and I, and I if you do want to get in real estate investing, I highly recommend RIA if you are um, new to it. So real estate investors, real estate investors association. And one thing you had said because you guys you guys used to be in it, and you go, well, man, they're always trying to sell you something. It just kind of got old, which is true. But I think for mm-hmm. a new person, you get an education if you go to the like the the monthly speaking events for a couple thousand dollars, you can get a pretty good education in real estate and you could get a lot of different strategies it kind of hit me this past one 
Um, this is like the last one. So I've been, I think I joined in May. I went yeah. to my first meeting and I went to actually two meetings. Maybe I joined in June. Um, but are they monthly? Yeah. Well, so okay. and then there's subgroups and then the subgroups, right. it's a lot of new people looking for reasons why they can't do stuff. And then there's a few people in there that actually, but they still show up and they're guys that have a lot of money, a lot of properties and they, they're still there. Mm-hmm. So they're looking for deals or they're just, you know, you want to be out and about. And, um, so one thing that I've noticed is that, you know, what you need to do and it was the thing that kind of been, has been punching me in the face is like what's been holding me up with like business, entrepreneurship, and uh, the podcast having a vision. You have a vision, right, of where I want to go, mm-hmm. what I want to do. You're, sure, you're, still, you're still trying to figure out what you want to be when you grow up? I, I, it's not necessarily. If you figure it out, yeah. let me know. I'm 43. I'm still <laughs> well, trying not, to figure it it's out. It's not like <laughs> what you want to be, but it's like, so what's next? Like you yeah. have to have a vision of what's next. And I think like. I mean, so let's take you guys. Like, you guys are, you know, you, I mean, I've always said this to you. Like, the best thing anybody said to me when I got laid off was you. You're like, man, if you get a company that's paying you that much money, they own you. And then that's yeah. hard to walk away from. And you yeah. walked away from that yeah. to work with your wife and, and her business. And then and it's like, man, I'd never go back now. And we've had multiple conversations about that. So, I mean, like, but I mean, you guys have an idea of what you want. I think you guys wanted to have a family. And then it's it's all focused on family. And probably once your kids grow up, things are going to change. You'll probably sit down and say, well, what do we want to do now? Mm. I'm guessing. I don't know. Maybe focus more time in the business. Yeah. Like, yeah. What do you think? Like, Because you're doing the homesteading stuff too. and it's Yeah. Like- well, it's funny. You talk about all this because um, saying that you got to focus on where you're making money. So yeah. for us, this every year is a learning curve with the homestead. Yeah. And then every year I think feel like we're a little we're overextended there's a period of time where i'm like what how much do we hate ourselves that we gotta do all this extra yeah shit you know and have all these animals and do we need to scale it back but we still like it but it's a hassle there's times where the business is busy and we're making money in it and there ain't any money in the homestead you know what i mean so you got to put things in perspective and if it's if it's taking our time away from the business it's not going to be worth it and we're going to get pissed about it and not happy with it so yeah so we're figuring out and we're realizing as far as the homestead goes you know we thought we had good systems in place but like this year there was a lot of rain and the sheep shelter was a sewage pit well so what are you You doing now so because the last time you were on and we talked about your homestead i went out there and you guys really just had ducks and some birds yeah and you weren't even sure if you even wanted to do pigs yeah and then we tried it we liked it yeah i i think the biggest as far as homesteading goes not to go down a homesteading rabbit hole versus uh real estate we can go down any rabbit hole we want we'll just just go wherever but um i think we really you know i learned a lot from greg and i really established a good system in infrastructure before we got the pigs it's not perfect we had a flaw in it this year we found that i'm going to fix for next year but it's makes management very easy if you if you have things set up right which the sheep were a perfect example was the opposite we thought we had things good but here i am you know dragging five gallon buckets of water out there twice a day in the heat of summer and dealing with all this stuff and the water issues because of all the rain and it was a disaster so guess what? We're going to restructure. If we're going to get sheep next year, we've decided we're going to restructure how we do it. And you guys really like the sheep, though, as a family. We like them. Uh, we love to eat lamb, too. I mean, that's ultimately why we're doing it. We raise them with love and care, and 
sucks taking them in the day we take them in but yeah, uh, they're pretty cool i like yeah. i like going out there with you because you're like man that that pig won't he hasn't warmed up to me yet yeah he will yeah and like all the sheep are super cool and they're they're big yeah. um what's um so yeah so the homestead so what 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 do you want to get rid of what what would you like to add more of or what would you what would you downscale what would you what do you want to try well we're thinking you know we'd like to have a barn um not for the pigs not for the sheep necessarily just to create some more space to to store some things get the tractor out of the detached garage things like that and then we're thinking of do we really want to spend you know thirty forty thousand dollars to get a really nice one and i really we really don't have time to do it ourselves or with help um because the business has taken off but do we you know yeah. so we're thinking of doing like we did for the ducks this year we i just built a pad and we just bought one of those uh pre-made sheds they come and deliver and just set it up on a you can do concrete pads or i have a gravel pad um we're thinking of doing that for the sheep next year so they're up and dry um we'd probably get a bigger building for them but um but then we're thinking you know how much is that going to cost and i met for example we were in amish country uh, uh over the summer and uh i met a an amish guy that he raises sheep and he has hundreds and he does them all grass-fed he doesn't market them. He just loads them up on the trailer and takes them down to the auction house. And he sells them for the auction price. The same price for those grass-fed lambs that you would get for grain-fed, conventionally raised in a barn and never saw the light of day lambs. That's a big... That's crazy. That, that's, that's a big... What did you so, say to him? So I, I, got, I have his information. So we're thinking, you know, like as much as we like to, you know, raise sheep and, and deal with that, uh, is it really worth it to put the money and time into it when I can just make a deal with this guy, drive the trailer up there uh, in the, you know, late summer, early fall and load up however many I want, cut a deal with him and go straight to the slaughterhouse with him, you know? Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I don't know. We're weighing the options. Yeah, I think it's... Maybe um, take a year off and try that. Javin Bernakovich said something to me like, he, uh, why would you grow the food if you can find somebody that grows the food the way you want it to Yeah, and that you can support and or make money from it? Like It's, it's like, you know, if you can hunt that person down, it's a lot better than trying to farm it out and do all that work yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and that's kind of where where we're at. Uh, the pigs, I think we have a like an ease of doing business with them. We got it. Like I said, the infrastructure's there. The the systems are in place that I could touch them once a day if I wanted to. Yeah. In fact, today I had a crazy morning. I didn't make it out there. They're fine. They have tons of food and water. I know they're good. They have a, an acre of woods to forage around. Yeah. The acorns are dropping from the oak trees. They're, they're loving it. Pigs. Yeah. It's, it's they have, no, they have no need to leave yeah. their foods there. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So what's, um, so with the real estate business, like what, what all, because it was, it was kind of interesting when I first got into, just to switch gears, when I first got yeah. this, so uh, my friend Damon, who I met because of Charles Hughes Smith, it's kind of like one of those um, networking nodes that it's like, okay, I can trust people that read we have enough in common and it's actually and i've tested it out and it's 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 held true like okay i know this dude from charles um they read usually they're readers they're on zero hedge they have a similar similar enough worldview 
I remember it was like the winter time and I was saying, hey, you know, I, I want to look, I, I need to make some more money because I had to go back and deliver Pete's. And I'm like, okay, so the farm's not picking up. I need to make more money. Instead of looking for a job, maybe I should look for another business opportunity. And then I was just kind of like, it, it was kind of like, you know, I need to shift my mindset. And um, so I had an opportunity and this guy, my friend John, wanted to get notes. And you were the first person I called and you said, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's a good idea. Know, shit up this opportunity learn as much as you can yeah start yeah. going through um so to kind of focus on that i think there's you know so what i've learned since since we've been doing this like i've you know i've met these people and i'm gonna i've interviewed some people like on the patreon that's it's it's definitely um there's definitely a show and i'm gonna start rolling them out i'm gonna sit down with a with an attorney today and record and talk about tax law and real estate as well I think it's it's good for people to learn, and I think this is so funny to me, is people talk about farming, and they want to get into farming, but they know very... So all that is based on owning land, and they know very little about... That's the how we got started, yeah. Yeah, but they, yeah. and they know very little about the real estate business. Mm-hmm. And I, to me, it kind of boggles my mind, because you get on Facebook, and people are like, what do I do? I started my farm, but when I bought my land, I didn't look at the deed, and I'm not allowed to have animals or anything, mm-hmm. and it's like... What do you like? So many people are getting screwed out of their land, and I feel like there's this whole thing in agriculture where it's like you know you don't need you don't need land. You can use other people's land, which is true. But now it's like, man, you. you I don't want to say names, but we we know of enough people that have been forced off their land, or and even if they had like contracts in place, or even if they were doing things, you can still get screwed out of what's going on. And I think you, people need to be prepared for that. And I think that. Um, Man, I, I just don't, it's like, don't, I, I see, it feels like in farming, everyone's putting themselves in a box or homesteading, like, oh, I'm this, I'm that, or I'm not this, and I'm not that. And it's like, why, what are you trying to label? Like, what box? Like, what box are you trying to live in? Like, why are you, why are you boxing yourself? You, it's like, you wanted to do this to escape a box, then you're just creating a new box. I don't know if this is making sense. Well, everybody's got to evolve in their own box. Anyways, yeah. you know. Yeah. And that that's well, it's true in any business. I mean, businesses evolve, homesteads evolve, mines mines evolving now, my, and it will always evolve. My business, and it may evolved, evolve yeah. like away where I'm like, screw this, I don't, I don't even want chickens or ducks. Yeah, which I don't see that now, but there may come a day where like I don't want to mess with any of this stuff. Well, I think it's interesting around here. You know, I was spending all this money on soil. And before I was just taking it over to Joel's chickens and, and it was like a lot of work. And, I, and at the time it's like, ah, it's good to go see Joel. But then it's like, okay, no, I'm, I'm doing this for real now. Like a lot of things changed when it, from a part-time business to a full-time business. And it was like, okay, this is changing quite a bit. Like when you're doing something part-time, you're not going to give it the same respect that you'd give something you're doing full-time. And, and so it was like one of those things. So it's like, okay, so what are we doing with the soil? Okay, so let's build a bunch of raised beds on the property. I actually own the property now, so why wouldn't I do that? And then I look on YouTube. Uh, I get an alert, and Curtis goes, my compliments on the, my new designer in my front yard. I'm like, oh, cool, Curtis Stone's doing raised beds too now because he owns his property. Yeah, yeah. And, it's, and, it, and at first I was like, yeah, I don't get why you do that, blah, blah, blah. The in-soil beds, just build the soil. And it's like, well, shit, man, I'm not getting any younger. Like mm-hmm. I've had a few bouts of sciatica, and it's like, yeah, the less I have to bend, the better. I mean, it's not. A, I don't like. Mm-hmm. I, I guess the point of what I'm saying is, it's always you know, 
I went into things locked into the way, oh, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But it, thankfully, I was dynamic enough to see, okay, we're going to shift the business. So then we went all into restaurants for microgreens instead of salad. But then if, if, the, if the restaurants change, I'm going to I'm gonna have to change. So I think that's, I feel like I'm just blabbering at this you point. You know, I mean, and if the economy shifts that uh, restaurants take a dive and a hit, in a given period of time, which I'm sure is going to happen at it some has point. To. It has I mean, it, it goes in cycles. It forever, goes in cycles. Yeah. yeah. I mean, restaurants are going to take a hit at some point. So, you know, that's going to affect you down chain. And you got to have a, a plan B or a plan C or plan D to fall back on. Yeah. And something I, to do. And it, so and I think, too, it's or like, you know, way. the more the more people learn about. I remember it blew my mind when you were telling me about the shadow inventory. I would flood the market and then. I started going down notes. It's like, oh, if you invest in debt and then, you know, like listening to, to Donna Bauer talk about the best way to acquire, yeah, she's good. To acquire yeah. land for cheap is by buying the debt mm-hmm. and foreclosing on it. And yeah. it's like, so if, 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 if nobody's living there and the banks don't know what to do with it and it's just like, man, like why, you know, it, it's just interesting because it's like everyone's trying to acquire land. Everyone's most likely overpaying for their land because the the market's so land's gone way up. Yeah, even yeah. since we bought our house, we're in the area that we live in. It's it's really it's it's gone up quite a bit. So so just to kind of explain when when people say why real estate, it's like man, if if you're interested in farming, why not real estate? Like why well, wouldn't you, you learn it? You mean from a homesteading standpoint? Homesteading or just even anything. Like if if you're looking like someday I want a homestead, but I need to buy land and it's too expensive, start figuring out ways you can get it for cheaper. Well, yeah, and you're and you're you're good proof that you don't need a ton of land to get no. started. You know, you're you starting. You, you're in a tiny, <laughs> tiny no. little lot. urban lot, and I have know? no desire to get any more land. Yeah. This is I'm pretty happy it's, with this it, little lot. The land that, like for example, we have 13 acres, and most of it's wooded, you know. I we have absolutely no interest in ever mowing down sections for all of the forest like some people would, and turning it into a farm or a lot to mow and spray chemicals on. I mean, that's completely not what we would want to do. But well, you weren't even sure if you wanted to do pigs because you weren't sure how that was going to affect where you wanted to hunt or deer yeah, being yeah, around yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, and then it, it, and as things evolve, I haven't had to, I didn't really hunt last year. I went out, I think I went out a couple times during gun season, just mainly to make sure there weren't any idiots coming hunt our property, you know. <laughs> and uh, uh, but I went out there, but I I we there's enough enough area where the pigs are. It's far enough away from where a lot of the deer are that we're we're pretty okay. Going so, I guess like because I I need to tie everything together because I just recently went up to uh, Canada too, and the comedy club business is is going great. Went from one to three, and I was really nervous because it went from one to three quickly. Then I went up there and saw what was going on, and I'm like, oh, this is why that happened. Like, yeah, that makes total sense. And uh, I'd like to get Joe on to do that, but then it's like, you know, I have this podcast. I've vested interest in comedy, like it's. The reason why I was saying about vision is like I need to figure out a way to tie all that shit together, like comedy, the clubs, real estate, homesteading. So I got Are a plan. You, you're talking about it from your life perspective or talking from about the podcast my, perspective? Everything. Because the podcast to me is kind of like my life. Like it's, it's yeah. the, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's me sharing my life. And instead of just going in opposite directions, constantly it's like all right let's put them all in line and and go in the same direction 
Yeah. And so I have some I have some ideas which I don't want to share yet, but uh, I mean eventually. So it's like okay, so if Rich and I grow out of this house, we could either get another house, put Rich in it, and he could do that, and then we have a person that lives and helps Rich out there, a person that lives and helps me out here. Um, but I don't I don't know if that's something I'd really want to do. I mean, sure it might be good to to have that that house cash flow itself. Um like what I'm doing with this house, but it's because when I got this house, the whole reason, because as we know, owning a home is an awful investment from an investment point of view. Mm-hmm. Like you do it because you want to live there. The one, yeah, owning the home you live in is a poor investment. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but if you can cash flow it, make it pay for itself. To me, that was like, well, that that makes sense. So. But so that was kind of the idea with farming initially. Like, okay, so I'm going to have, I want the farming to pay for my rent where I live. So that was like why I initially, that's part of the reason why I want to do it. And also, I just thought cutting grass was stupid. So, but, yeah. But now it's like, um, what do, so it's like, so what, what could I do? And it's like, so obviously we could go to a warehouse space, but I'll, my idea for that would be it would be I'd want to have like a co-op space. So, you know, going like something having a brewery with a farm or something with a farm, but it's like, well, why not a comedy club with a farm? Yeah. So you because it's kind of like one of those things that to do comedy in Columbus, it is you know, you you have to compete with the funny bone, which Dave Stroop owns and controls. Yeah. That's date night comedy. I don't like date night comedy. Those people aren't real fans. Those people are going to talk. They're going to try to, they don't understand comedy. And I want like hardcore. Like I want people that, like, I want it to be free speech. I don't want people to get butt hurt because some joke was insensitive and hurt their feelings, mm-hmm. which is all that goes on on Facebook. You know what I mean? Yeah, so it's yeah. like, there's more comedians now. There's more people trying to do stand-up now, and they have less places, and there's less. There's more ever trying to do stand-up, and there's less ever actually making money or a living doing it. And a lot of it has to do with because there's everything is, corpor- is corporate now in comedy. Mm-hmm. So it's like I want to disrupt that business, much like I'm disrupting the farming business. So why not make it the two together? Why not have a farm that has a bar with a stage where you could do different stuff. So a warehouse, and it's kind of a loose idea. And then maybe you have some other co-ops there too. Like you could, you could have whatever. And I think like the shared spaces are kind of the future. What do yeah, you think? You, you got, you, you kind of have a thing there from the perspective of if I go to a brewery or a winery or a new bar or restaurant, I tell you what makes it a lot of times is the atmosphere. Yeah. And, and that like, old barn style farm type thing that that could be like a cool ass comedy club setting possibly i didn't even think of an old barn you I know you could do it, you could do something like that where it's we like went in, to yeah. we went to mill street remember like yeah. it was like one of the times we hung out we talked to the guy who makes yeah the booze, yeah, good yeah, time. yeah yeah and it's like this is just a barn yeah and that's where it. they make their moonshine. Yeah, they make uh, moonshine. Yeah, out of it. yeah, it's legal, and then they have a little store. Yeah, it's all legit. Yeah, it's all legit. Yeah, and it was like, okay, this is cool, but it's like, man, I was like, do they have food there? You're like, no, it's, it's just a barn. And I was like, huh. So I think like that app, the, the atmosphere is really cool, but it's like, man, and it's it's in Utica, which is cool, and I like talking to Jeff, the guy that um, 
was there at the time. He'd be a good podcast. Yeah, yeah. Hell, you could you could probably you could probably do three shows alone based on all the government regulation stuff that he had to jump through to <laughs> keep that get that business get up investing, and keep it up. Have his get friends investors. And and, he got oh my gosh. so many people to give him twenty five hundred dollars. It's an interesting story. Yeah, yeah I got to. Yeah. Definitely, it's definitely somebody that's out there, and I don't want to be locked in the box for that. And there's a lot of people that have great stories, just even in this city. And I think so. That's that's something to think of. But you know, so that's that's kind of like my vision of this is like you know, I have to have a portfolio for retirement too, because like I remember I was learning about self-directed Roth IRAs, and I was like, yeah. Shane, did you know this? You're like, yeah, man, we have them. Yeah, it's yeah, we have, we have yeah, good we returns have them. on them. But it's like people don't think about yeah. their retirement. They think about, you know, they, they think about, well, my job gives me a 401k or it's like, you know, well, I have this business and I'm, and I'm always work. And it's like, well, you can't always work and you yeah. shouldn't always want to work. Like eventually you're not going to be able to work. So what are you going to do? Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think it's um, so these are like kind of things for me that I'm trying to figure out. And I think that's the way I want it to reflect on the podcast. Goddamn ants. Um, we're live from the grow room down here, so we're, it we're down over. in the sweat box. Down in the sweat box right now <laughs> because because I'm allergic to cats. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> and I was out of batteries, so we couldn't sit on the front porch. Yeah. Um, it's okay, it's safer down here, anyways. But <laughs> it is safer. Yeah. So what? So so some other things that I I would like you to share is because yeah. it's it is a popular topic now because people are I have a lot of friends that are all about internet businesses. And I'm my own opinions. I think internet businesses are great if you want to be able to travel and move and people try to automate everything. But I don't think you can automate human-to-human interactions. No, but you can enhance it. And you can enhance it, yeah. Yeah. So one thing that you guys do in your business, if you're okay about talking yeah. about this, yeah. is everybody wants to know how to get good VAs. And I think the way you guys did it was the smartest move because it was just an old-school referral system well we came into it our business partner used the main way to get a va is to the out of the country is to a lot of uh, it's upwork a lot of people use different systems to do that yeah well there's there's a lot of companies out there that this they're staffing companies they source people and uh that's what they do and a lot of them are based here you can get vas in the united states as well um but what had happened with our business partner, he had an amazing VA. Uh, she left for a period of time. She was in medical school. Um, and then she had his contact contacted him back directly, and he hired her directly instead of going through. A, when, you, when, you, when you're paying a staffing company, yeah. you're paying them, and then the VA gets a cut. Uh, so he hired her directly. Long story short, we kind of did a joint venture business and it's grown and evolved and we have used her as a resource to hire other VAs and that's how it snowballed. Yeah. Yeah. So, but now you guys have how many, like you have like a whole, in that business we have 13. That's crazy. VAs. Yeah. And they're all in the same place and they all kind of know each other. Somewhat. Yeah. We've stretched it out a little bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Geographically a little bit, but, um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been a fantastic experience, and it was one that, admittedly, I was completely, utterly closed to in the very beginning until we started working with uh, the main VA that 
we started with. So what? So start helping your, our business. She was amazing. She was just an awesome. You said you couldn't pay with. an American a hundred dollars an hour. To I couldn't not to work as hard as they do and be as dedicated. Yeah, couldn't. Yeah, there's yeah. No. It is just it's it's completely different. So what um what was your first uh, hangups or holdups with wanting to do that? You know, I wanted to keep everything, hire American, you know, keep the money here. And, and man, having the experience of that, though, and then dealing with all of the regulatory stuff I'm dealing now, because we have, we have American employees as well, uh, dealing with all the regulatory stuff and the payroll filings and the workers' comp and all the stuff that we deal with is just so wasteful and time consuming from like a business owner's perspective. And I have this over here and these, you know, there there's these people who work circles around them and they're amazing. That's, that was very eye opening. And you, and you work with them. We yeah. have closely with them on, you know, we we're on Skype every day. We meet face to face. We talk face to face. They speak perfect English. Uh, they're people just like us. They're, you know, they have families they're just good people, you know, and it's it, it's kind of I think technology has come far enough where a it's possible and b it's blurring the the boundary lines from country to country across the world. Well, I even look at this. I mean, we're all about Americans working, having American jobs, but I mean, you go around Columbus now. I mean, unemployment's at an all time low for years, and we I mean we were in a boom, you know, bull market, which can't last i don't know how it's lasted this long i think it will yeah, yeah. it has to it it goes up has to come down but every restaurant is hiring my uh credit union's hiring everywhere's hiring mm-hmm. so it's like you know what um but nobody wants those jobs they're like oh I, i'm better than this i don't need this job i don't want to do this so i think part of being american is i think i think a big problem is is we do have this sense of entitlement and I'm not sure why. Um, I think it's because we have it so good here. And then instead of people saying, well, I don't want to do this. I, I'm going to go do something for myself. They just want to take care of it. like for me, it's like, you know, I don't, I could go get a job, make a lot more money. Um, I kind of get sick of talking about it. Cause I mean, it's, it's, it's something I talk about enough. I've talked about enough on the show but to me, it's not about the money. Like, I want to make sure that I can live my values, and I want to make sure that um, what I'm doing lines up with is closely lines up with what I what I have. But mainly, it's like you know. I, so I want to do something that I can believe in, but I want to be able to call my own shots. Like you yeah, know, when you work yeah. for somebody else, you can't call your own shots. Or if so, I, I think one thing that it's it's um, when I'm when I'm just you know thinking about. Americans, and if we get too caught up on American jobs and stuff, you know, Trump wants to bring all this manufacturing back to the United States. And, you know, or maybe they're going to move it to North Korea or something. Who knows? But in theory, bringing manufacturing back to the United States, who's going to who's going to work there? Yeah, that's an issue. And it's and who's going to want to, you know, the other side that I didn't tell why we got into this is, man, we the trial and error, the the stuff that we went through with hiring Americans was just, and then we went to that and it was like, talk about a breath of fresh air. Yeah. And and the work, you know, the workforce is there. It's crazy. They, they're dying to work for an American company. Yeah. And it's, 
it's it's totally different dealings with it. That's why you see so many companies that it's not just all the cost of labor, it's all the stuff you gotta deal with and all the crap. Uh well and you know Americans have a lot of personal crap, I think. Yeah, too. we're we're we've learned that too. Yeah. But uh but it's all the crap like the, the workers comp and all the, the payroll taxes and the stuff that you gotta you have to deal with on all those fronts, all the regulatory stuff. I was talking to a buddy, he just um He's changing. He's you know he's he's a he's another farmer, and he's changing up the way he's doing it. And I think I've kind of influenced him. Like he supported me a lot. But I was like, man, I don't. If I ever have employees, they're getting ten ninety nines. Like I'll tell you, look, you yeah. own a business. Well, and there's books. certain legal guidelines and that you can talk to an attorney. But certain certain positions are viewed a certain way or legally required to be W two. Huh. So that's something you have to look into. Because for me, it just you be could get contracts. in trouble for that. There's just, there's a lot of companies that get in trouble for having people on 1099s that the IRS can argue by the rules that they should be W two employees, and then they end up getting fined and things happen. Because I just the way you just I got to be careful. With yeah, it. yeah. The way I look at it is a lot of farms hire out 1099s. Yeah, yeah. And so I think yeah. that's for me. I mean, obviously, if You know, I think you just have to get, you have to get creative with the way you want to live your life. You have to get creative with the way you want to earn income. And I think you have to be creative with the way you want to support others in earning their income. And I think for us, I mean, we're not, we, we have to exist in this system. But if you want to be disruptive and you want to make a difference, then you have to provide different ways for people to purchase their food, different ways for, pur- you know what I mean? Pur- people yeah. to purchase homes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Different ways for people to like get loans or create money or, or buy a home. And I think that that is why, you know, real estate's so interesting to me because man, I feel like this shit with the Donald Trump versus the establishment, I feel like it's banking money versus yes. private yeah. banking or real estate, which a lot of people don't know is, there's more money now than ever in self-directed IRAs. There's million, there's billions of yeah, dollars there yeah, because yeah. once once uh, the economy collapsed and people lost a bunch of money, people got what money they had and they just stuck it there. Yeah. And they, do, do, have, have you ever explained on the podcast what a self-directed IRA no, is? No, so, let's okay. do that. Yeah, yeah. So people may not know. So self-direct. Most people know what an IRA is. You can do a Roth or traditional. It's the same with a self-directed IRA. So you look at an IRA, traditionally you invest in stocks, bonds, mutual funds, the typical stuff. Um, in, a, in, a, in a self-directed IRA, you can actually invest in anything. You need to put cryptocurrency in there. You could put a crypt, yeah, you could do that. You, can do, you, you, you can't benefit from it directly. So you can even invest in businesses, for example, but you can't invest in your own business. No, so you like, could for example, yours. I could take my self-directed IRA and, and invest, invest in it with my you. farm. I yeah. could invest in your farm and say, this is, this, you know, I think this is a good investment. I want to invest it. But I can't be part owner no. or getting any or, or a vendor where I'm getting some kind of a you, kickback or anything you like that. You as yourself cannot yeah. because it's your entity that you'll benefit from that is involved in it. Yeah. So you can, you can invest in businesses, but the way a lot of people invest in, which is what I think you're referring to quite a bit, is real estate investment. Yeah. 
So it can't be a real piece of real estate that you live in if like exactly. two months out of the year. Or, or any of like your that. family. It couldn't yeah. be your kids. Yeah, it you can't you can't buy a condo on the beach in Florida and put it in your self directed IRA and uh, be down there three months out of the year. You, you, you just legally you can't do that. Some people have colorful ways to get around it. They'll, you know, you and I, we, we go in our self-directed IRAs. We buy two condos beside each other. You rent yours to me and I rent mine to you, vice versa. Yeah. And then we, we, you, and know, that's, you do and it that's, that way. That, there's yeah. people, there, there's ways that, you know, there's loopholes that people do use. Uh, but that's what a self-directed IRA is. So what people are doing in, in large scale is, man, they can invest in futures or anything, but they're putting money in real estate investments inside yeah. their IRA. And it's something that's physical. And that's the thing. Yeah. Like it's something that you can physically touch. Yeah. And that's like kind of like the... the It's a commodity that can go up and down like anything else. It but is. But the volatility versus the stock market. Mm-hmm. And... You know, if it's you're, harder to if manipulate it. The other thing is, is if it's if, if you're a person that's politically connected, and a lot of people are that have self-directed IRAs, and they know where the emerging market's coming in a real estate wave, and they can capitalize on it, they may have enough money in their IRA that they can shift to it, and you know the returns can, you know, you you know, you do great in an IRA if you make a ten percent in a given year in the stock market, mutual funds. That's a a phenomenal year yeah but if you you know in real estate you could you might double it in a year depending on what you did you if it's a flip or something you know mm-hmm. you could do fantastic you can invest your money in businesses like a hard money lender you can yeah invest you can money do that in in other businesses or cryptos or and that's what we do you know uh i was I gonna have, put you on blast i was just saying no, it's fine. Example, I'll, yeah. I'll tell you what we did it's fun real estate investing we, we've been around it and involved with it for well over a decade and it seems like there's an evolution you'll see yeah that, that people invest they flip they do rentals, they do all this different stuff, but they seem to evolve to lenders. selling courses and being hard money lenders. Yeah. So, sometimes both. So sometimes both. Bill Cook said, and that's going to be the show that comes out after this. Bill was... Um, There's a reason for that. Yeah, the, the Patreon's yeah. already out. So I wanted, because I yeah. say, because originally the first show we were trying to do, but I was still a little too green to fully understand. And even now, but like there's there's a... What I like most about investing is there's still like a it's a there's still like a ladder, but it's not a corporate ladder. There's first it's like there's guys that you're just here listen, I'm here to learn and I'm gonna do whatever bitch work I can and I'm gonna call a bunch of banks, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, and that's what I'm kind of in right now. But then there's like the middle guys and they own a lot a bunch of properties, they have all this stuff, but they've they've kind of created jobs for themselves. So they're they're trying to figure out, okay, I'm working too much. How do I dial it back? Because and then when people start to figure it out, a lot of people now, and this is the problem that I have with most things: farming, real estate, digital marketing, anything on the internet where somebody gets good at, they think they should immediately turn around and sell it. Which I don't think that's a bad idea. Like I'm, yeah. I'm pro, I'm, I'm anti-corporatist, but I'm at the same time, from my definition of capitalist, which might not be the same as everyone that listens. I'm pro-capitalist. Like, if you want to make money, go out there and make money. There's nothing wrong with making money. It gives you options. It's a tool. It's not evil. It's a system we live in. You're not going to change it anytime soon. And if you want to change it, you better acquire that so you can afford to change it. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what I'm... Like, that's my, my mindset. So if you want to go out there, 
sell courses you can, but there's all these people that I think it's kind of like I'm realizing that as much as like I don't want to work and I kind of like it's like, man, I don't want to own a fucking job. And I was so hard on that mindset that it was starting to hurt my business. It was damaging my relationship with Rich. It was it was getting in the way of everything else because I was in survival mode and I felt like I just worked like a dog and made so much less money. I'm like, I'm not going to fucking do that this year. And then so I had to take a step back and I and now it's like now I'm going back in, but now I'm going back in the sense of, hey, I'm a business owner. I need to know how everything's done. I need manuals on how to do things. I need to be able to train other people so me and Rich can take a month off and go wherever we want and have a business still run itself and be an income stream. But if I'm not willing to do any of that work, how can I ever expect anybody else to? And that was kind of like the realization I had. And I think in real estate or anything else, it's the same thing. I think most people that are trying to sell stuff, it's, it's sure, like you said, all the systems work, but you have to work it. Yeah, but I'm yeah. not going to pay thirty five thousand dollars. I think that's crazy. I think, I think personally, yeah. Some, but that's a cost that some people need to pay to have enough skin in the game to actually take action. I think so, that, and it has a big piece of it too. Yeah, like for me, and it, a lot of teachers know that too. Like they don't want to take it. They don't want to give a free course away, or Donna, what if they're doing an intense class where it's like you come here for a week and I'll teach it type thing. A lot of those guys don't want to deal with the, you know, the people that want to nick and dime, nickel and dime because they know if they put a bunch of money into it, they're going with it. Yeah, and that's the same thing with the like Donna Bowers course, and um, she kind she guarantees your money back if you get a deal. So she'll give you yeah. all your money back. And like she had at one time a program where she would, you know, you're she's your coach and you just she'll she'll handle all the paperwork with you. And if you find a deal and bring it to her, she just takes 50 percent. You get 50 percent. She makes sure she makes sure it closes. It goes through and she's right in Cincinnati. So, you know, there's it's tricky because like I got all excited about real estate, too. And then I was spent a lot of time doing it. And it's like, okay, I need to mind my own business, though, with this, too. Yeah, is like I can't abandon this because I've worked too fucking hard. So then I'm like, I was talking to this guy, Dave Peters, is going to be a show. I'm like, man, he's like, dude, everything you're doing, you're doing well at it, but you just have to have a vision that pulls it all together, so you're not losing focus. So now, Rich and I had a meeting. We're getting more on a same schedule, so we can get shit done early. Then we can handle other things. Yeah, and it's yeah. like, so I think it's all coming together, and it, everything's a cycle. And I think. You know, there's there's learning stages of everything, but I think the biggest thing is is you know you have to want something bad enough to to keep going. To or, put your blood, sweat, and tears in. Yeah, so. I mean, you know, an old saying was you know you have to have a why that makes you cry, and I don't think I necessarily knew what yeah. that was, and I think now this article comes out, and in my um, that man Jr. did such a good job, and he was like, so why you know what about for your grandfather's legacy? And I was like, well, man, like. Everything I'm doing, in my opinion, is his legacy. And then I got all teary-eyed. I'm like, oh, fuck, I got a why that makes me cry now. Shit, now like I'm on fire. I'm getting up early because I want to. And like, and it's like, so I think it's just like a shift. I think, you know, the first year of not having a job, it was like I was just hanging out, trying to figure out what I was doing. I had unemployment, so I was taking my time. And then unemployment came, and I was like, oh, fuck, I got to get to work now. I got to hustle. Rich is here. We We don't have as much time now. And then I had some money that I had saved, and then um, then I burned through all that money that I had saved because of infrastructure. 
But now the business is generating enough cash flow, so now that's paying for the infrastructure. So it's now it's enough. like now it's, it's just a good a, space, and it can snowball. And yeah, now it's a continuous cycle. Now the articles coming out, the videos with Diego come out. Mm. Now people know about my podcast, like it's in the fucking articles. So it's like okay, let's put it out a guy, another farmer, say, dude, I'm digging your podcast. I just started listening to it. What do you do that for? I'm like, man, it's a networking tool. But it's more importantly, it's for me. Like I do this yeah. for me. If you want to come along the ride, great. Yeah, if you're not, not doing it to great. make a bunch of money. No, yeah, I mean, I want it to pay for itself. I'd like to make some money from it because I'm putting time in. And I think when you are anything you do, when you own your time, you should figure out a way that it compensates you in some way. It doesn't have to be financially. But if it costs money, it should make more money than what it costs. And that's kind of my opinion now. And that's kind of the way I'm looking at life in general. And I don't know. Do you share that idea? Yeah. I mean, uh, I think... I. Th- I think we well. I on the now on the homestead front. Uh, not s- switch topics, but yeah, you can. We kind of yeah. We yeah, kind yeah. of. Uh, I think we came to the conclusion we never we never. I don't think we ever thought we we're going to make money on it, and that's you know. But it's something you guys. It, but it's fulfilling there, but, something else in you. Yeah, guys. we kind of enjoy it. But if it gets to be like a financial burden or a time too much of a time burden or too much of a labor burden. Then you, we got to figure out how to scale things back, scale things out, well, change things. But the, you know, I, I was just gonna say, you know, I've had also had conversations because I'm like calling you and I'm excited, like Shane, this is what I learned, and you're like, great, that's great. And then it's like, uh, you're like, you know, man, maybe I might just give this homesteading stuff up and decide I'm gonna spend my time in another area of real estate to make more money. I might do that someday, but I always know that that's an option. Yeah, and so that's, and I think, I just don't think we should be, you know. I, I, we need to. Be, life's going to change. Our circumstances are going to change. Put put things in perspective. Let's say let's say th- three to five years from now, you take this real estate thing and you run with it, and you start having some success. Let's say five years from now, you've had very huge successes to yeah. the point that this microgreens business is like it's a hassle. I mean, it's yeah. like you're not. I mean. It's making it's it's making a t- uh, tiny fraction of what you just made in one real estate deal. Yeah. So then you're going to look at the the microgreens business different potentially, but or who knows what it is yeah. then? Or well, the microgreens business may grow huge. You may be in like he's talking, maybe in a warehouse or something, and it just kind of that explodes on its own. And you're maybe in a space where like I'm not going to spend the time investing. That's where we're at right now. Yeah. I could we could invest in real estate. We've done it in the past. We we, we know what we're doing. You've We've had been rentals. Real estate we our haven't whole even life. said what all you've done. I mean, you've had rentals. Yeah, you, you, yeah. We got. I put, we picked up a few courses, and we really liked one years ago. And we found a niche in it, and we took it, and we ran with it, and we had tremendous success. It was Wendy Patton's uh, lease options out of Detroit? Yeah, I think she's up in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. We actually tried to do my. <laughs> Oh really? Well, yeah, yeah. We this is years ago. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. is well over a decade ago. I think she was the re in Detroit. Wendy Patton. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think yeah, that's she, right. I know Donna, she was in Michigan. Donna connected us with her because that one deal I had was up there. So we actually just gave the deal to her because it was way over. Oh our really? Heads. Yeah, it was way over our heads. But that was like, let's bring in Donna, and because Donna was like a mentor for us. Yeah, like, yeah. We were looking at it. She and then she took a look into the deal, and we're like, oh shit, this is way different than what we thought. And then we got Wendy involved, and Wendy, because she was oh, up there, cool. found out more. And then it was like, oh, no, this is actually way more than what we thought. Yeah, lease options are pretty interesting. Yeah, they are. And if we got back into it, we may do that, or we may do a different avenue. There's, there's a lot of different ways to invest in real estate. But 
right now the business, the real estate business, is not when I it's it's more of a brokerage type system. Yeah. It's not. It's a little bit non traditional. We won't get into all the detail, yeah, yeah, but yeah. but it's that's doing well. So you know, focus while that's that. rolling, we're focusing on that because that's going to bring in the money right now. Yeah, you know. And I think that was kind of with the farm, like in the winter time. You know, we were we were at this spot to where we didn't have a lot of restaurant customers. I was delivering pizza, so I was like, you know, I want to look to see if I can make some money in real estate. And then throughout the season, like the farm really started to take off, just because I was doing it more with restaurants. I went from shifted back. I went from three to fourteen, and now like the better it does, the more time it takes. So it's like, but I don't want to give up on real estate. So we just have to get down, get together. Figure out times that were because we're all kind of doing. There's three of us trying to work together and do it part time together, but you know we have to make sure we know each other's schedules. So look, from this time to this time, this person handles leads. From this time to this time, this person handles this. Yeah. Or hey, what can I do from two to five, five days a week? And you guys are still focused on the note side mainly. Well, we kind of got out of that. We were also oh, really focusing on wholesaling, but I think we're going to just I would like us to just focus on notes. I mean, we're going to have a conversation about it probably next week. I think we just because it was like we wanted to I think we started getting too desperate and we were just more focused on the kill than the chase and learning it. Yeah. And so I think, you know, but now it's it, it, it's somewhat of a it's institutionally saturated right now. Yeah. The, the note business. Um well, also, it's well, a good business. Have you so, talked about that on the podcast? At not, all? So, not quite yet. I mean, so so the whole the whole real quick the whole idea behind it is is you're it's just another avenue to invest invest in real estate. So instead of buying a house to invest in a house, you're buying, you're the, buying the mortgage. You're buying the, the the debt. So let's say you don't have the money, and let's say you don't want to go to a bank. I'll be your bank. I'll give you a loan for your house, and we'll have a, I'll have a mortgage in place, and then I turn around and I sell the note my the mortgage to your to your neighbor for cash or i could sell it as a partial yeah so you sell, can do that I mean, there's, too. there's a yeah. lot of there's a lot of different avenues so usually yeah. you know you look you can get pretty good rates of return on them yeah it's it's been interesting i mean so there's there's a few strategies going down um vena jones cox she's like the local chapter here she's creating notes she has a whole hedge fund and they create notes from land oh, contracts okay. and stuff like that so I think there's there's a lot of tools to have in your belt, but I think the biggest thing is we have to have a vision for our real estate business, and we have to have a strategy. I think at first we had a solid plan. I think the banking... So right now, what we were doing was was not performing notes, um, and we're kind of... You know, we, just real quick, so basically, there's a few different ways you can get involved with notes. The first is, um, which Donna Bauer does, and she does seller carryback notes. So my grandfather gave me a seller... He had a seller carryback note. He paid cash for the house. We got with an attorney. He created the note. Mm-hmm. So I pay a note mortgage to my grandfather's estate, which is still kind of in limbo now, but I'm pretty sure my parents are going to take it over. Yeah, and I could go to your... Gra- your my your, mom. I could go to your mom who runs the estate and say, you know... Drew owes, I don't know, $40,000 on this note. I'll tell you what, I'll give you $30,000 cash right now. And that's how it works. And then my rate of return, I don't know, let's say the interest rate's 8%. I don't know, I'm making yeah, that yeah, up. Yeah. It just went up to like, you know, like 15% rate of return or higher. Absolutely. For, for me. So so that's that's the strategy we're focusing on now is getting seller carrybacks because there's a lot more. And actually, owner financing is becoming a lot more popular because people don't want to deal with banks. Um, and so, but what we were also doing, what I was first doing when I got in was I was just calling banks 
and seeing if they had any non-performing assets or as they call them, bad, <laughs> troubled loans is what a lot of the small banks call yeah, And they have lists of them on they, spreadsheets. Yeah, 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 so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we got yep. some lists. I mean, we had, I, we had some hedge funds send us some stuff and then we looked at them and a lot of it right now is just, it's a good bull market. So there's not as many deals. So, but my, I mean, my whole thing now is the market's going to turn again. Yeah. The bubble's going to burst. You could either. As soon as the shadow inventory goes back on the market, huh? It's, it's, well, I think it is. <laughs> That's a whole other thing. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a lot of factors. They're tied up in rentals right now. There, yeah, there's a lot of yeah. factors going yeah. on. And it, but also, the interest rates aren't going to stay this low forever. They're going to raise them because they have to. And so instead of like uh, allowing this low interest rates to fix things, people just borrowed more money and just acted like it's, it's going to be like this forever. And just a lot of short-sighted thinking. So when, when, things, when loans start getting called in, which is going to happen, there's going to be lots of property again. It's going to be 2008 all over again. And my thought is I could either sit on the sidelines and watch it happen like last time and watch a lot of people lose money. And at the same time, how are all these people making so much money? Mm-hmm. Or I could be one of those people that's making money and said, hey, now the getting's good. Let's go get it. And so that's what I'm trying to get prepared for. And I think that makes sense. It's the same thing with food, right? Like, listen, I'm not going to say I understand why the climate's changing, but I think the climate's changing. I think it's going to be harder to get food. So you can either know how to grow food, so at least you can grow food for yourself, or shit, even better. People want to buy local now, anyway. Take advantage of expensive, high-priced food. Be there. I I can produce. I can produce food all year round. Yeah. And it's like, and I want to evolve it to the point to where I can always produce food. And I'm gonna when I want to cut down the cost, keep cutting down the cost, keep cutting down the cost, and and that's it. And then at the same time, I like to laugh, man. So it's like I always want to have a place that I I can say, hey, look, I get it. The PC police are out. Come to my stage, say whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. Be as offensive as you want. I mean, be tasteful and funny. I mean, obviously, if you're not funny, that's not good. So I, I see you having a barn with a grow room, a co- <laughs> comedy club room, and a meeting room to talk about real estate that's, deals all in the same under the same roof. So that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> but if it can be even bigger, and it can yeah. be like a co-op space, work with a brewer, something yeah. like that, people can go get a beer, walk around, and have a, maybe even have a distillery there. I don't know. But my idea is, is that the idea of, of brick and mortar just being for one thing is going away. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just going away because it has to because everyone's going to have to move into the cities. That's why all these stupid condos are being built. Well, look at look at our uh, look at look at our business. Even look where you live. You moved out into the country, and it's continuing to get developed. They're going to build. Supposedly, they're building a bigger two seventy. I mean, now that I hadn't heard. I I, I've heard talk about it over the years, but I didn't hear that there was any definitive talk on it. So there was. There were talks. Houston did that. Yeah. Houston has a... So what I'm saying, though, is is like more people are going to be coming to Columbus. I mean, it's, it's, it's not, it's not going to... Sh- more people are going to come here from probably other states or other parts of the state. So I'm just trying to get ready. And that's yeah. what I feel like I'm doing. But you were going to say, look at our business. And then we probably got to wrap it well, up. Well, I, I was just going to say real quick, look at our business from the perspective of the brick and mortar. Yeah. You know, we've expanded with the VAs and everything, and we've... We run our business from our home. Our partner does too, for the most part. We have offices. I've seen your office we go in your into, home. It's a kitchen table with yeah, laptops. Yeah, I know. My wife. It's very, me about it's very that elaborate. Yeah, 
Yeah, she's pissed at me every day about that. That's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> she has a real office in the basement. I, I just like that that space because of all the windows around and stuff. So it's I'm nice. Like, yeah. You got a great view. Yeah. But anyway, so you, you your office is from home, your partner's yeah, office. Yeah, so we from work home. from the home. That's the new brick and mortar. Uh, big uh, businesses can be run that way now, especially small businesses. And I, you know, there's a lot of big companies that are starting to like why do we spend all this money on this all this infrastructure here when we can set our employees up technology-wise to work from home? I mean, it's it, we're in that era now. Yeah, and I think um, unless it's like a manufacturing facility where you have to be there and the machinery's there and you have so you have to do it there, that's a different story. But from a like a white collar standpoint, it doesn't it doesn't make a lot of sense anymore. I agree, and and it's also you know from the standpoint of um here's here's something else to to take into effect too. What are we going to do with all this space now? If people all start working from home, yeah. what do we yeah. do with this space? Well, we repurpose it. We put food for us. We make it more mindful. No, that's, that's De- Detroit's kind of followed that path with the, the land there. Yeah. Like, hey, let's- I don't like how they're producing the food personally. I don't think the hydroponics stuff is dumb and everyone's like this hip thing. And it's, it's, yeah. it's too much inputs for me, for my liking. But look, if you can grow food, cool. Whatever. Grow yeah. food. I don't have to like it, so I'm just going to do something different. Yeah. But it yeah. doesn't mean... But at least, least they're doing that, you know? Exactly. At least yeah. At least they're doing it. Um, I'm not going to pretend like that food's better quality, because I know it's not. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, plants grow in soil. Yeah. So, anyways, that's a whole other debate, too. Shane, I feel I feel happy about this show. Do you feel better about the, the last one we cut out? Didn't yeah, the last one was... Yeah. This, this is much better. Yeah. Cool. Well, yeah. hey, thanks for coming on, Shane. I think we should do this. Yeah, we'll do it again every more, every yeah. so often. Yeah, I think so. I think it's we good. Could just, to, we could BS about anything, you know? We could, or, yeah. yeah. We might do some Patreon-exclusive conspiracy theory podcast. Yeah, we could do too. stuff like that, yeah. Because it's good to talk about it. Yeah. And guess what? Just because we talk about it doesn't make anything different. Look, we can have crazy-ass opinions. Yeah. The bottom line is, is when the rubber hits the road, if we're paying our bills and we're contributing or we're... We have our space. We're allowed to fucking think that way, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Welcome. Well, um, the podcast is switching to a value-for-value value network. I've been heavily influenced by the No Agenda podcast. I highly recommend you guys check it out. You might not like it, but it's a media deconstruction. Value-for-value value model I believe in. If I'm providing value to you, at least a dollar's worth, you can provide value to me of a dollar. Now, I do understand that I have not been putting stuff on Patreon. So everyone that's that's hasn't, I haven't lost any funds. So I want to say to all my producers on Patreon, thank you so much. I'm going to bring you guys more shows. I know you guys understand that I've been trying to build a business. So I really appreciate your guys' patience. If you're value for value, if you feel that this brings value to your life, then bring some value to my life in the form of a dollar. I think that's fair. It's $12 a year. What do you think, Shane? That's, that sounds good, yeah. <laughs> Anyways, guys, thank you so much for listening, and I hope you guys make it a great day.